My name is Johnny Schreiber. Um, I think how, how this will go is uh, Adrian and I'll give brief introductions, just a little bit about ourselves. Um, I'll then share a, a short PowerPoint um, about just some basics about the bar exam, some basics about the essay portion. And then Adrian will lead us in a discussion on some of uh, the sort of finer points of studying and mental health aspects. Um, before we get into any of that, uh, I just wanted to lead off by saying um, we were given the option to have this program run as sort of a, um, a lecture style where it would just be video of Adrian and myself, uh, our screen shares, and we wouldn't be able to see all of you. Um, you wouldn't be able to necessarily, you know, have uh, the sort of dialogue that we're hoping to have here. Um, we've done this program in the past in person. Obviously, this is different, but we'd like to make this as similar to that as possible. And I think that both Adrian and I agree that um, what we're really here for is to answer your questions and to talk to you about your experiences, your concerns. Um, so we want this to be um, as interactive as possible. Uh, so if you ever want to chime in on anything, feel free to just unmute yourself, type uh, your question in the chat, raise your hand using the raise hand function. However, whatever works for you to get our attention, um, we're happy to answer questions throughout. Um, I think we're also going to make sure that we leave plenty of time at the end to just have an open dialogue when everyone can just share their thoughts, talk about what worked for them, whatever. We want this to be open. Uh, we understand that a lot of this uh, is, I mean, the bar exam itself is a crazy, awful, stressful thing to go through in normal times. And what you're going through is even more. So um, we understand that. Uh, you know, we also know that the, there's been some concern about Massachusetts, um, not uh, asserting sort of the, the um, your graduation privilege or whatever the, the term is, right? So not letting people kind of wave in. Um, we have no control over that. We're, we don't work for the, the board of our overseers or the, the you know, BBE, whatever. Uh, we're just some folks who have experience taking the bar um, and like to help people out and talk about it. So um, we, we really can't comment on that in any way. We definitely feel for you um, and, and the, the unprecedented challenges you're facing. So I think that was kind of all we wanted to hit on off the top. Adrian might have more. I just want to give a brief inter introduction. Uh, my name is Jonathan Schreiber. I graduated from BU Law in 2012. Um, I then took the bar in Connecticut uh, in the summer of 2012. Didn't quite know where I was going to be. I was fortunate enough to pass the bar then, but then I got a job in New York. Um, meanwhile, my girlfriend was in Massachusetts. So in the uh, winter, I took the New York and Massachusetts exams together. I was fortunate enough to pass those and then moved back to Massachusetts. Um, now I do legislative work for the Association of Realtors in Massachusetts. So I have experience taking uh, three bar exams and I also, um, I uh, have done uh, bar essay grading for uh, Themis um, bar exam review. Um, I don't, not here to represent them or talk about their services or anything. It just gives me experience because I'm, I'm uh, accustomed to reading uh, hundreds of student essays and giving feedback on it uh, based on the grading rubric that I've been given. So with that, I'll turn it over to Adrian. Uh, hello, everybody, and thank you for uh, taking the time uh, to join this meeting today. Thank you to the uh, Boston Bar Association for providing this space in this uh, difficult time. I just want to reiterate uh, what Johnny was saying that these are very difficult times. The bar itself is a very difficult process. However, uh, I, I guess what our role is, is that we are here to help, to try to answer any question you might have uh, in regards to this process and to be um, a resource uh, for you. Um, I, like most of you, I actually was at one point at that end uh, because Johnny, <laughs> I uh, was doing this uh, and, uh, and he helped me actually uh, through this process as well. So uh, he has a lot of wealth of knowledge in terms of uh, this process. Um, I graduated from Suffolk Law School in 2017. I'm currently working um, at the State House doing some legislative work for the Joint Committee on Financial Services. And uh, the, bar the bar exam, because it was a challenge, it became also a passion of mine. I've been uh, coaching people through this process, especially retakers, uh, because there is a lot of nuances that are not necessarily uh, covered either in commercial courses or um, in class because the UB is a fairly new concept, especially here in Massachusetts. Um, with that, um, why don't we start with uh, with the presentation and then uh, we, we can, you know, 
go to the uh, Q&A. Thank you. Great, thank you. Let me see if I can figure out screen share here. All right, I'm hoping that's working. Um, I'm gonna run through these slides pretty quickly um, just because uh, we have a PDF available through uh, Douglas if you're interested. Um, so it's, it's really, it's basically information. I'm guessing a lot of you probably already know it. Um, if you do have questions or wanna talk about anything further, absolutely stop me, slow me down. We can chat about it afterwards. Um, so it's just gonna run through kind of what you're gonna face on exam day, some stuff that's useful for you to know um, and uh, the pet, it'll also contain our contact information. So if you get the PDF, um, you'll have our emails in there. Uh, Adrian and I are happy to uh, respond via email if you have questions or concerns. So, uh, and we like cats, so, or at least I like cats. I can't speak for Adrian. Uh, so um, real basics on the essay portion, it's 50% of your grade in addition to the, the multiple choice part. Um, so it's all remote this year and, and all this stuff is based on the, the um, questions and answers that are up on the Board of Bar Examiner's uh, website. Um, I found them relatively sparse. Um, I'm hoping that they'll be putting out more information and or that some people may already know more. Um, so here's what I've got is that basically there's MPT, typically it's in the morning. They didn't specify that. I'm assuming it's gonna be the same. It's 90 minutes, basically they chopped everything in half. So instead of having a three hours and two MPTs, you have 90 minutes and one MPT. Historically, that's been 20% of your grade. And then there's the multi the uh, essay portion um, in the afternoon. Again, 90 minutes instead of three hours, three essays rather than six essays. Uh, and it's typically 30% of your grade. So I'm assuming that those percentages will, um, will hold. So it's graded on a scale from zero to seven. Uh, Massachusetts says they're working on reciprocity agreements. That's kind of historically been the, the big um, plus of using the UBE is that um, you can take it to different states depending on your grade. Um, now that's unclear because different states are all handling uh, this current situation differently, which um, in my opinion makes it somewhat less desirable to be um, having to take the exam now and have it suddenly not be as useful um, a tool as, uh, as it may be at other times. But hopefully they'll be able to work out reciprocity agreements with a lot of states, at least especially the ones in the Northeast, um, so folks can have some flexibility. And uh, your needs are Wi-Fi and a camera, built-in computer camera, or webcam. And my understanding is that they'll be using some sort of software program that will literally track your, like your eye movements and they'll be looking for um, anything that's out of the ordinary. Um, what I didn't find on there was basically like what, how that's judged. So basically, do you have to just stare at the computer the whole time? Um, are you allowed to take notes on a piece of paper on the side? I'm guessing probably not. Um, so. Johnny, let me interrupt you. The reason of this says that no notes are allowed. Thank you. Yeah. So no notes allowed is definitely a, a wrinkle worth knowing. Um, you know, if you're like me, I, I really like writing stuff down. It helps me to interact with the question. It's going to be um, harder for you to do that. There may be some sort of note ability through whatever online platform they're using. Um, but that's something that will probably take adjustment. I know it would have for me. So something to keep in mind when you're practicing and, and Adrian's going to get into sort of study tips on how to practice. But I think at a minimum, we're both big proponents of trying to tailor your practice to be as much like the exam as possible. So keep in mind that if you're practicing typing out an answer, you're not gonna be able to underline the question. You're not gonna be able to write notes to yourself on a piece of paper on the side. So uh, the multi-state performance test is what is typically the first part. You're given a case file. You're asked to produce some sort of legal document. Sometimes it's a memo to a partner, legislative advocacy. Um, the point is to test your fundamental lawyering skills in a realistic situation. And the goal is to evaluate um, sort of these fundamental skills that you're going to be able to use in uh, applying and evaluating the law. So you're given a case file, you're given a library, um, you're given a lot of information, generally more than you actually need. And part of your task is to be able to narrow down what you need and what you don't need. Um, a big part of the MPT is uh, reading comprehension. Um, it takes time to read everything. It takes time to think about and plan your answer. And then of course, to write the answer itself. So skills tested, sorting factual materials for relevance, analyzing statute, case law, um, applying the relevant law, identifying and resolving ethical issues, 
communicating effectively in writing and uh, make sure you're actually answering the question and also uh, providing whatever the request was. So if it's a memo, have the proper memo heading. If it's uh, you know, a piece where you're arguing you know, to the court, make sure that you're, you're um, doing that properly. So these are just some samples of what you might face. Um, I think by far the most common ones that I have seen are uh, sort of internal and um, some sort of persuasive either memorandum or brief to the court um, stating you know, what your case is and trying to make it. But any of these are possible and potentially even more. So this is a, a link that has some uh, free MPT materials. And um, again, if you reach out to us, I know Adrian has a ton of stuff. Um, I'm not sure how much I've got around, but we, we have other things that we can help. So if you're struggling to find resources, um, we might be able to at least point you in the right direction, if not provide um, some actual resources to help with, uh, with practices and studying. So the multi-state essay portion, um, typically there's six questions. I said you're going to have three. Um, they're 30 minutes each, so you'll have 90 minutes to write. Um, they're only on general legal principles, not state-specific issues. Um, and the questions can be single or multi-issue uh, questions. So you may face multiple issues of law within the same question. Uh, purpose is to, again, identify spot issues. Um, present reason analysis in a clear way. So that's where your IRAC organization comes in and demonstrate an understanding of the fundamental legal principles relevant to being able to um, analyze the question and uh, present your conclusions. So you should demonstrate ability to reason and analyze, understanding of the facts, recognizing the issues, knowledgeable on the law, and um, how you actually reach your conclusion. So I have a note at the end, right? So your conclusions, while important are far less important than the presence and quality of the other elements. So that's where IRAC comes in, that C at the end of IRAC, that's a key point, but it's not the only point. If you can demonstrate, especially in the R and A portion, why you're reaching your conclusion, that should be able to earn you points um, in a way that just, you know, sort of introducing the issue, restating some facts, and then reaching a conclusion, even if it's the correct conclusion, um, can be problematic. And if you reach the correct conclusion, that might be okay, but in the part where you then don't reach the correct conclusion, you'll, you potentially lose a large chunk of points. So don't leave points on the table. Here's a list of the topics. I'm sure folks have seen stuff like this. I know there's also resources available that uh, look at the percentage of um, how much they use uh, certain ones versus others. Um, you know, if, that, if you find that helpful as a guide to consider, by all means, look at it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily follow it super closely just because this is totally different. Typically there's six questions, there's only three. So, um, you know, to the degree that you're able to feel confident in all these areas of law would be amazing. We understand that's a huge amount of information. Um, so, you know, do the best you can. It's pretty common for folks to feel more comfortable with some than others, um, but at least make sure you're, you've got, you know, your key points down for all of them. And maybe on some you'll be able to write a seven essay and others hopefully you'll be able to at least write a four or a five and you know if you can do that enough um, you should get a passing score so again we've got some study materials and, and again feel free to reach out to us um, if you think you need more so this is just sort of a thing i came up with no you don't need to memorize this but just like what i look for when i'm grading uh student essays is uh your writing style is important Issue spotting is huge. Um, a lot of times folks lose points uh, just because they don't, they miss an entire issue, which is, can be a huge problem, right? Because if I'm looking at a, a question that has, let's say three or four um, issues in it, each one of those issues is gonna be worth 30, 25, up to maybe 40% of your answer. And so if you miss an entire one of those, even if you've written the other ones really, really well, you're still gonna have a 30% hole, you know, in your, in your answer, right? So you're taking an answer that, is a seven and you're dropping it down immediately to let's say a four or five um, simply because of that. And then if you have other errors in your other parts, you can see where these things start to add up. Um, and obviously subject matter knowledge is huge and that plays a massive role in issue spotting. If you know the subject matter well, you're gonna be able to spot the issues. If you have holes in your knowledge of the subject matter, it'll make it harder for you to spot issues. It'll make it way harder for you to state the rule and then analyze the rule in your IRAC process. Organization is huge. Um, you know, what works really effectively in answers is to have 
your headers uh, to help separate the answer and to use the IRAC or some places teach CRAC. That's totally acceptable. Um, and make sure that you're really sticking to it. Um, I know for me, it's like, I heard this in writing class in law school. I don't think I really got it until I uh, took the bar exam. And then like, it didn't even fully hit me totally until, you know, now grading essays afterwards, just like a, how important it is and B like, it's boring. Like it's bad writing. I was an English major in undergrad and like, I, this is not how I'd like to write, but it works. It's super effective at making it really clear to the grader what you know and um, fully answering the question. So take pains to write in this method and to practice writing it if you need work on it. So uh, just some other keys. Uh, being boring is huge. Like I said, this isn't like wonderful writing. It's fine. Uh, get your point across. State the issue. It just highlights the grader what you're going to talk about. State the rule. You know the rule. It's easy. You're just putting it down on paper, right? For me, I would always, this would be like where I would take notes is when I'd see the issue in the question, I'd mark it and then write the rule down or a note to myself about the rule, right? Analysis can be probably the hardest part um, because you're going to know the, you're going to spot the issue. You're going to know the rule. Analysis is, is hard. A lot of times folks fall into the trap of restating facts. Try not to do that. Try to only use facts as they pertain to the rule to demonstrate how you're reaching your conclusion, and then you have your conclusions. That's IRAC, and just do that over and over and over again. Be confident. This is really hard. Uh, the bar exam is uh, something you study for for a long time. It's super, super stressful to take. Um, yours is maybe a little less grueling than others in that it's three hours instead of six hours, but in fact, I think that may cut the other way and make it slightly more stressful because you've got less opportunities to, to show that you know stuff. You only get three essays in one MPT versus six essays in two MPTs where you can kind of have an essay you throw away. You can't really do that with three, right? So it's really hard to go in there and be like, yes, I own this. But um, I think both Adrian and I agree that that is really, really important. And maybe you've taken the bar exam and haven't done as well as you'd hoped in the past. It doesn't matter. That's all out the window. Every time you take it is a fresh thing. Go in there, you know, not cocky, but like go in there feeling like you know the stuff um, and you can do it and you can get a passing grade. Um, don't underestimate the, the role that your mind state plays in this. Um, this is from Washington State, um, but I include it in the packet because I like the detail that they give in the breakdown of the scores, right? So, um, you know, we have a scoring system out of seven. It's the same basic idea, right? So six for them would be a seven for us. Very good answer. Indicates that you have thorough understanding of the facts. You recognize the issues, you're able to apply the principles of law, and you're able to reach a conclusion, and it's well-written, right? That's a top score. Then we go down to, like, let's go down to maybe a four on there. So four is an average answer. It usually, you know, shows that you understand the facts pretty well. Maybe you missed one or two things, but you spotted the issue, um, or at least most of them. Uh, you're able to basically apply the law, and um, you're able to reach... A conclusion, maybe there's some typos, maybe there's some grammatical errors, but nothing too glaring. You're definitely able to get your point across clearly, right? So that's kind of your, your mid-level uh, essay, which is nothing to sneeze at, right? If you can get fours and fives, you're, you're doing pretty well, especially a lot of seven, let's shoot for more fives than fours, but still, that's, those are not bad answers. Um, you know, and then you get down to like a one or a two and you're sort of getting below average, you're missing issues, um, you're missing your analysis. Um, so those are things definitely to avoid. So everyone, good luck, and uh, we've got our contact information in here. And I'm going to stop my screen share now, and I'm going to turn it over to Adrian, who's going to cover um, like study issues and uh, some mental health aspects of this. Thank you, Johnny. I'm going to try to also share my screen. Um, are you able to see it? So I'm going to talk about a little bit about study strategy and other aspect of the um, of the bar, um, because as we know, you know everything got uh, delayed. Now things are more complicated. We are like at home. We are trying to manage our job, our families, etc., other responsibilities. So oftentimes the challenge that I see the most with some student is actually having an organization and on a strategy um, to accomplish, you know, good results. So my first suggestion is a very simple one, is you, you, you wanna create a calendar 
to work over the next two months covering all the ME topics and also MPTs that allow you to see it every day. What is it that you are completing? What is it that is uh, that, that you need to complete? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And it also allows you to uh, have some instant gratification in the sense that you feel a level of uh, accomplishment. You, you want to make it uh, about a daily goals as opposed to the end goal. It allows you also to uh, keep yourself motivated and accountable. Um, and and I want, I, when, I, when I took the bar, I used to think about the athlete analogy. So basically I was preparing, I was thinking that I was preparing to run a marathon and that I needed to practice every day. And that consisted in like doing MBEs, MPTs, and uh, the MEs, the essays. And my tool was, or my muscle was my brain. So I had to train my brain uh, to do it consistently over time. And that's why uh, the day-to-day -day is so important. In addition to that, you want to have some diversity in the sense of what you're using uh, to study, different study methods. So uh, I used to use flashcards. Uh, I remember putting wall pads in my kitchen with, you know, the hearsay exception or, or you know, this big chunk of topic that you want to checklist or even mnemonics from, uh, for property. And I also like to change the scenario. By that, I mean, take your flashcards, go to the park, go with a friend, ask them to ask you questions, um, in, in not necessarily in a place that you're studying, but somewhere else. So your brain actually triggers different responses and you have different association at the time of the bar. Like for instance, oh, if you don't remember what larceny was, but you remember that you discussed larceny in the park with your friend Johnny, then that might trigger uh, a quick response in terms of the bar, at the moment in the bar exam. Uh, another suggestion is to practice under time conditions, and that's why it is important also to, to have that calendar, because you want to make sure that you are sticking to the bar times. So if you're doing 50 questions in the morning, you want to make sure that you, you practice those 50 questions, MBE questions, uh, with an hour and a half, and then review all the answers. That's, that's key. That's very important. Same goes for the essays. You want to make sure that even if at this point you don't feel comfortable um, knowing everything, and that's okay, that's part of the process, uh, you still stick to that time because you want to create that habit that will be very useful on the day of the bar. Same goes for the MPT. You want to you practice a different variation of the MPTs. Um, and this is actually, and, and this is something that Johnny was saying too, this is very important because MPT is something you don't have to learn. You don't have to learn that material. What you need to master is how you organize the information and how you put forward an answer that looks like a lawyer answer for the, for the examiner. Uh, so it is important for you to practice a lot of MPTs. Uh, a lot of, this is the area that most people tend to leave on the side without realizing that, you know, it is, it is a huge portion of the exam. At, the, at your exam in October, it's gonna be 20%. So the key there is practice. And that's the, the silver lining too, that you know, you basically what you need to do is to practice over time. Um, as I was saying, reviewing your responses and understanding the question and the answers, it is important to go back to those questions and understand what is it that the bar is asking you and how is it that you responded. Um, that's where the actual learning occurs. Uh, a lot of people tend to focus way too much time on like watching reviews or like reading an outline when in reality, most of the stuff that you need for the bar is right in front of you. The, the way to learn through this process is actually doing it over time. Because remember, it's muscle memory. Go, going back to, you know, creating the calendar, working every day, building that muscle. That muscle is repetition. And, and that's why it's important to like, do it over time and doing, doing it consistently. Um, I'm a huge advocate of taking short breaks. Uh, it's been proven that after 45 minutes of con continuous study, people tend to forget. So uh, I encourage you to take a short break and then restart whatever you learned in the previous 45 minutes. So, um, so I would, if, you know, if I were approached studying 
for the bar again, what I would do is I would do it only for 45 minutes, especially when you're doing, um, when you're doing your learning or when you're reviewing stuff, um, 45 minutes and then take a short break. Um, I know a lot of people use a lot of um, uh, commercial bar prep courses and, and that is okay. I, you know, whatever, whatever works for you, just do it, keep doing it. Um, but I'm a huge advocate of using the actual NCB previously released bar exams. And the reason for it is because uh, by looking at basically what has been released, you can understand what the material that they are trying to test and what the issues are. And this is crucial because you might understand the law because you learned the law, but you might be off a little bit on the application and doing that um, overtime practice will show you, you will see the patterns, you will see basically, oh, this is what the NCB wants. You know, this is the, the issue that they are testing. You can also see the issues that they are testing together. I put there, for example, property and secure transaction. There was an essay in 2016 that basically tested both uh, subject matter. And, and obviously they're testing, you know, on a specific uh, issue within, with, with, within the broad topic of property and secure transaction. But my point is the more you practice actual material, the better that you're going to see how is it that the, the bar is trying to structure uh, your exam. And another thing, and, and this is, um, this is I'm, I'm ESL, so English is my second language. And for me, it was a little bit harder to understand some of the language. And one of the, the key aspects of having the NCBE uh, material was to actually realize what is the editorial language that the NCBE is using. And, and that becomes crucial, especially in examples like, uh, you will see on plain view, for instance, plastic bag, you know, that's, that's the key word for, for, for plain view under uh, criminal procedure, you know, for, for the, for the uh, Fourth Amendment warrant exception. And, uh, and you see that over time by practicing, you know, those keywords that means and trigger a response, a muscle response uh, for you under the exam. Uh, as for formatting, uh, as uh, Johnny was saying, you know, outlining the responses is really important. Obviously, there is a challenge that you might have to outline on your screen. However, I think, and, and I, I wrote it like a space cloud outline or checklist because obviously not everybody outlined the same. Some people have different methods. Unfortunately, I think for, the, for this bar, you might, have been, you, you might be a little bit limited on how you can outline, but outline is really important because it works as a checklist. And if you don't outline, you might miss a spot or you might leave, you might leave something out of your response. Uh, IRAC basically should be the, the approach. Uh, use headings, very important. Signal to the grader that you're breaking basically the response. Break the rules section in paragraph and the analysis in another section. Uh, when you're writing the analysis section, follow the same logical or sequence structure that you did in the rules section. And I'm a huge advocate of using key terms and a key transition words like under, here that for for two reasons one it triggers uh your response if you if you think about under you're thinking about the rule if you're thinking about here you're thinking about your analysis and you're also signaling the greater hey i want you to pay attention that this is the rule section this is the analysis section and this is the conclude conclusion section as for learning and studying, and sorry that I'm going a little bit quick, but I just want to make sure everybody uh, has a chance to ask questions. Um, as for learning and studying the material, um, the, the real learning is understanding the concept. I, it, it, this is not necessarily about memorizing. This is not about going your big outline, reading your big outline. This is about understanding the concept. Because remember, with, within the law, there is a lot of elements and sometimes um, the meaning of a word might change, you know, your response. So you, you want to you wanna learn and understand the concept to the point that you can explain those rules to somebody else, especially in Lyman ten, ten terms. So like you want to explain it so clear that, you know, that a person that doesn't know anything about the law will understand what you're saying. Um, there is different schools in regarding memorization of the 
of the material. I'm a huge advocate for memorization in the sense that that is what it worked for me, but it also created muscle memory, which in my, in my experience, it took away the anxiety of trying to crafting in my own words, the definition of the rules. The reason for, for it is because I also speak other languages and sometimes when I'm thinking about a concept, I'm thinking about the concept and the first trigger is a word that might be in a foreign language for me and then I have to like translate that. But the way I minimized that was with the muscle memory and that also served a purpose of trigger, like giving a straight answer, like giving a quick response. Oh, this is larceny, you know? And you laid out basically every element, and and also make sh you make sure that you are not forgetting something specific to to the element. Because remember, if you don't have an element, then you know you're you don't have a full you don't have a correct response. So you want you want to make sure that uh, you get as close as you can as the way that the law is written. Uh, one way to accomplish that is memorization, but not memorization for the sake of memorizing for the bar, memorization after you understand the concept. And I think that's the caveat here. You need to understand the concept. And actually, once you understand the concept, memorization is gonna come really easy because at that point, you already know what you're trying to say. It's just matching that idea with the words. Um, and again, it allows, it allows you to show the grader that you know the rule. If the grader is most likely to see that you have the correct rule, he will start thinking, oh, this person actually knows at least, you know, one aspect of the, of the, of this question. Let's see how that person apply it. So at least it gives you the benefit of the doubt. And I think, you know, like everything, you know, graders are also, in a way, they could be biased. And if they see like a full answer, they could see that at least, you know, you, you know your thing. So um, we're all human beings and, and that's part of like the perception, right? So, um, so again, not necessarily memorization for the sec for the sake of memorizing the material just to say oh okay i know that it is more about oh yeah i understand that i can explain it and here is how i spit it out um that i think that's that's the key when it comes to essays particularly and then one final point um so in the past you were allowed to like handwrite the bar exam you know uh for people that were not used to to typing or they didn't have that preference. Uh, however, I mean, this is by typing. So I think one consideration, and, and, and this is my personal experience, I was not typing quick enough to finish all the essays. Uh, so, you know, practice your speed, practice, you know, like I know it's more work, but trust me, it's worth it. Uh, uh, practice your typing, you know, to see if you can speed it up a little bit. Uh, uh, remember the, the bar exam doesn't have word processors, so whatever you type, that, that's what it goes. So that allows you also to have a little bit of more accuracy when it comes to your response. And then I think also uh, there is an element of the, of the bar that is, is mental. I would say that is, you know, more than 50% is mental, right? So uh, in order to prepare for that race, you want to incorporate your daily routines, you know, your self-care, self you know, you want to, if you can incorporate some exercise. I know it sounds, oh, I have to study for 10 hours, but trust me, you know, uh, your brain works better if you incorporate exercise and a balanced diet, you know, uh, um, and mental health, I think it's, it's a key component that a lot of people do not talk about the bar. And in my opinion, is actually one of the most important because um, taking care of yourself, uh, especially through this very difficult time, I think both Johnny and I, we have a lot of empathy and sympathy for every person that is going to take the bar because we know that, you know, under normal circumstances, it's tough. I cannot imagine what would it be going through this process, but what you can control right now is how you approach the bar. And um, if, if you need help, uh, you should reach out to Lawyers Concern for Lawyers and there are other organizations as well. But pay attention because uh, mental health can affect, can really affect your studying. Um, anxiety does have, you know, detrimental outcome to the exam. And, and let's be honest, I mean, everybody's anxious to take this exam. It's not like you are the only person that is anxious. Um, some people deal with anxiety in different ways or, you know, they have different techniques. But the key, the, the key thing about 
the, the, the exam, and this is something that I want you to start thinking about is, do you know yourself? Do you know how do you study, right? Because this could be also a process of learning. How is it that I study? Uh, how is it that I manage my anxiety? Um, not to give you more work, but I think if you have a grasp of that, then you will be definitely more successful in taking um, the, the exam. Uh, with that being said, uh, if Johnny has something to add, otherwise we can uh, open the, uh, the conversation for questions. Thanks, Adrian. Yeah, no, that was that was terrific. And I, I totally agree with everything you said there. Um, the only thing I want to add is that I, I think like speaking about mental health uh, aspects of this and, and to your point of kind of keeping your routine right for, for me, and I think for a lot of people who I've spoken to in preparing for the bar, there's, um, there's so much pressure around it. And there's um, you, you question, first of all, everything. So to your point about kind of how do you how well do you know yourself and how you study? And then secondly, is sort of like, I felt guilty when I was doing anything other than studying, right? Because there's so much uh, built up for the exam that you want to look back if you didn't pass, let's say, and say, oh, I did everything I possibly could. Well, yeah. that's not necessarily the most healthy way to do it, right? So I think uh, to the degree that you're able to take a deep breath, do everything you need to do, absolutely, but also make time for yourself. It's super important to be able to take breaks, to as, as Adrian pointed out, right. Still, still try to be healthy. Still try to, you know, be mindful, try to keep your routine. If you like going for a run in the morning, like still do that, right. There are other things that you can do. Right. Uh, and, and then, you know, maybe around the, the period of the exam, you might want to even experiment with if there's timing issues with the exam itself, which I'm not, I don't know what, if they have times now between like when we were taking in, you have to go in person, right? Like make sure you schedule your lunch at a time when you're, it's not going to be during the exam. So suddenly you'll get hungry right during it or whatever. But, um, I think to the degree that you can sort of maintain your, your own sanity and um, which is hard to do, right? Because it's, it's a lot easier to kind of just say, I'm doing everything. I'm constantly studying, but um, I don't know that that's benefiting you at some point. And I also wanted to point out, uh, Adrian, we do have a question from Jonathan. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll hand over to you if you have uh, thoughts on that. So, uh, so basically I will, I will try to, um, so basic the bar, hold on. The, we can send the link. I had the link here. Last thing I checked was that you are not going to be able to uh, outline on a paper, but that you are going to be able to outline on the screen. Um, what I would do is uh, when you're answering your, if you use a word, uh, Microsoft Word, you know, to answer your, uh, to your to, for your response on the essays, I will outline, you know, on top. And if you're sending that to your grader or even to yourself, right? Make sure that you at least, and, and this is, doesn't have to be a full online. I think part of it is like jot down keywords, right? Uh, if you think that you know the concept of larceny, okay, then larceny, and then try to match that with a fact that is given to you. Everything will be given to you. That's all the key. The, the key. I mean, everything is there for a reason. Some of the reasons might be to confuse you, but some of the reason might be for you to articulate a response. So I think what is important is to, Definitely, you know, do a quick outline so you have a check, a mental checklist of everything that um, you're going to put in your response. Um, and, uh, you know, like do it on your screen. Um, the idea for the MPT will be a little bit higher, uh, harder, because, you know, you got more information uh, to keep track of. Um, again, uh, the way I would do it would it be if they give you a rule section, right, uh, which typically have, uh, you know, some sort of regulation, you know, like try to, uh, if th this is how I would do it, I will, I will write the regulation, whatever that, and then the page number, right, uh, just so I know to what page number I should go, you know, if I need to look, and rather than writing the full thing, right, I will write probably a word that would allow me to, you know, like remember, okay, this is in page 16. Same for the cases. If the cases, I don't know, um, Massachusetts versus US, and it has, you know, uh, an, a, specific, a specific rule, I will write a little rule, you know, and then cite the page so you know and keep track of where everything is. I think the, I think for the essays, it is a little bit more straightforward in the sense that, you know, you don't have that much um, in your response, you have a limited amount of two or three paragraphs, 
But then on the MPT, there is a lot of information that they give you. Not everything is necessarily useful. You need to make a determination. What is it that you're going to use? And the best way to keep track, in my opinion, and I, I haven't tested this particularly. I mean, I, I have tested out, you know, like taking a note. But one of the key things I used to use is like I will keep track of where the information is, at least so I know where to go if I need to expand on a definition or something. Um, I hope that answers uh, Jonathan Allen. If, but if you have more questions, uh, feel free to email us. Um, uh, I also see another question by Tamika Daniel. What is your recommended amount of hours we should study each day at this point? Okay, I think that depends on your situation. Uh, just like every response in law school, it depends. Uh, same here. It depends on, on your situation. Are you working full time? If you're not working full time, then if you're, you know, uh, are you taking the, for, the bar for the first time? My, my recommendation to you is, again, go back to the calendar section, try to see how many questions uh, you could do. My, my suggestion, my general suggestion to everybody is I would do 50 MBE questions per day and review them. And that's the key. You have to review those questions. That's, that's, that's where the learning occurs. And then I will keep track of at least two ME subjects, you know, uh, per day. Uh, and that should be a handful. However, I know some people are also like taking the bar for the first time. They're also like trying to follow uh, through, you know, a commercial calendar. And that is okay too. Uh, for those who are taking the bar for the first time and that are taking a commercial uh, bar program, my only recommendation to you is try to see if you can have access to some of the NCBE uh, MBE questions. So you have an idea because sometimes some commercial programs, uh, they have their own um, MBE questions and you wanna, you wanna expose yourself to actual questions. Same with the essay. Um, try to see if you can see some of the essays that we put on the link um, because those are the essays most likely that you're going to encounter on the day of the exam, you know, uh, those situations. Remember, the bar is a, is a finite universe. So we know it's a lot, but at least we know where to stop. So the more you expose yourself to the information, the better. Um, again, you know, it all depends to answer your question, it all depends to your own needs. What I will say, however, is, and I'm gonna go back to Johnny's point about stress and mental health, is make sure you do something, you know, make sure you have some reward for yourself. Like, whether that is like watching Netflix, at least an episode for night, or like going for a walk on Sundays. You know, like, I think taking the break is good, if you, again, going back to the muscle athlete analogy, if you overwork your muscle, it's going to burn. Same goes with the brain. So you want to work hard. You want to work smart, but you don't want to overwork either. Yeah, to add to that point, I mean, I think we, we both agree pacing is key. I also just wanted to expand on your point about um, using a, a commercial um, test prep uh, course. I took a, I took a, one of them. I worked for one of them, you know, on a contract basis. I mean, I, I think there's, they offer great benefits. Um, they're, they work really, really well for some people. They don't work for everyone. Um, I think what the key, um, is with those courses and this is goes back to confidence because this is hard to do unless you're really confident. Cause you say, Hey, you know, Barbary, they know what they're doing, right? They've got thousands of people that pass every year, but guess what? There are plenty of people who take Barbary who don't. So the key is to take from it, what works for you right make the course work for you so i know everyone they they get their rubric from these uh you know their um the the sort of list of tasks and you want to check them all off which is great if that works for you check them all off if it doesn't don't do do the the course if you like the course if you think the questions are helpful do the questions right like and, and try them all you should definitely expose yourself to it see what works if you find something that you're just absolutely struggling with try to find another way, right? Because this is a lot about kind of knowing yourself and what works for you. And if something that Barbary is telling you to do isn't working for you, then don't waste your time doing it. It's not worth your time, right? One thing I will point out too, is that something that I've noticed, especially on the essay portions, is that different um, of the commercial uh, test 
prep companies have um, kind of differing levels of answers for their, uh, like sample answers for their questions. And, and I will say that I think uh, on a, the vast majority of them are, um, they're crazy. They're far, far more advanced than a very high scoring answer would be um, for an actual bar exam question. They uh, write these perfectly worded, very complex, um, you know, law school treatise answers to bar exam questions, which is not what you need to get a seven. Um, so to some degree, I think that can be extremely stressful. Um, it doesn't mean disregard them. They're excellent answers, um, but it's probably unrealistic to set that as your expectation for what you're going to be able to write. And that's okay. You can get a five or a six or even a seven without writing that, right? So just a word of caution about them and, and they're great and super helpful and just, but just make sure you, you're keeping in mind what's working for you when you take them. Yanni, let me piggyback on that point because you hit uh, some, something very important that we forgot about passive learning versus active learning. If you have to choose your time wisely, always choose active learning. By that, I mean, instead of like, you know, uh, reading something, just do it, right? Like, instead of like, uh, just reading about a topic, just do the essay and learn from it. Because that experience of doing it is what is going to get you uh, to basically perform at, at the level of the exam. And in, in terms of those responses that some of the commercial um, courses have, that's why I suggest to people go and see, you know, other uh, model responses that other jurisdictions like New York has put forward about people that pass the bar. And you will see that they actually are closer to the kind of work that students uh, put forward, you know, for the bar. It, it looks more realistic. Um, again, those responses for the commercial courses are great as a, as a resource to study and to learn. So I'm not, I'm not suggesting, you know, ignore that. I'm, I'm suggesting to incorporate in addition to that, you know, uh, the, the, the responses that you have seen from other jurisdictions, because it, it allows you to like personalize it to you and it allows you to see, you know, something that is realistic. Once you see that, it gives you confidence. And part of the exam is also having that confidence of like, oh yeah, I, I know this, I can do that. I'm going to go for it. Do we have another question? And folks, I mean, if you want to turn up, if you want to turn your video on, if you want to ask, ask a question on, you know, turn your audio on, that's fine too. I mean, we want this to be as informal discussion type setting as is possible via Zoom meeting, which is sort of the least personal thing <laughs> imaginable. But, um, you know, and if you, if you don't want to raise your hand or, or ask a question now, our, our contact information is in the, the, um, the PowerPoint, which um, you can get from, from Douglas at the BBA. Um, so feel free to shoot us an email. Um, we, we want to be available to you and, and answer questions if, uh, if that'd be helpful for you. You're very welcome. Yeah. All right, so I'll read it. I don't think anyone, oh, someone, I don't know if anyone called in. We have Nathan's phone. So any advice for finishing the MPT within the allotted time? Do you recommend sticking with 45 minutes outlining, 45 minutes writing? Adrian, do you have uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, with the uh, with outlinings, if you can, I mean, it, it all depends also how, how fast of a typer, how fast of a person you can put. You can always play 40 minutes, 50 minutes, you know, but the key is, and, and this is what practice allow you to do is, the more MPTs you do, the more you're gonna be able to stick yourself to that time. That's why it is important to do your MPTs under time conditions, because guess what? For the next two months, that's not the bar. You can practice at home, you can do it. If you are not meeting that uh, time deadline, then you're fine, you know? But if you keep doing it, you will see the improvement. And one way that I, that I would do is I would try to, if you're having issues with uh, articulating your response, I would say, try to see if you can do it on under 40 minutes. Although what I can tell you is that the, the exam itself, the MPTs are designed, uh, and that's why they suggest that in the instruction is to divide it equally, uh, 45 and 45, you know, uh, the outlining and then uh, drafting the response. 
Uh, but if you could do it under 40 and then having 15 minutes to draft a response, because with the MPT, what is important is also try to put forward a full response um, as opposed to just, you know, just uh, do an skeleton of the outline. Because remember, it's a memo. And, and um, in this case, it's going to be only one MPT. So your incentive is to do as many MPTs variation as you can. So you see the different ways in which the NCB is testing you. Um, I, yeah. What about you, Johnny? You think, what would you suggest? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that answer. I think this falls into the category of question that I think, you know, Adrian and I are, get a lot in this, um, in this forum, which is that people kind of want a, a silver bullet of what is the, what's the one thing that, you know, that works. And it, it sucks to give this question, this answer over and over again, but I think the, the sort of the key is whatever works for you is what works, right? So if you find that um, the reading comprehension aspect is something that you need a little extra time on, take that time. So it's really important, right? It's really important to read it and understand it. And then maybe you're a really fast typer, so you can make up that time and spend a little less time on your answer. If you're a really, really quick reader and you can comprehend this stuff and take notes that are useful for you while doing it, spend a little less time on that part, spend a little more time crafting a really clear answer, right? right. I, I think the 545 is a good sort of generality and, and goal. And you know, as Adrian said, you can take five or 10 minutes here and there. But um, if, you, if you're able to do a great job on the reading and, and taking notes on the materials in 20 minutes, great just spend longer time you know on your your answer right like it, it's it's all anything that works for you is good just write a strong answer <laughs> anyone else any other questions all right well we're just about it Great. All right. So they're going to be sending out materials to everyone. So, I mean, we're just about at time, but again, I mean, thank you everyone for, for joining us. I know this is crazy. Uh, so just, if you need anything, uh, Adrian and I are happy to be, Adrian and I are happy to be resources, uh, answer questions, be a listening ear. If you're finding this really challenging and want to talk to someone who's been through it, we both have, although not even under these circumstances. So, but we, we get what you're going through and, and want to be helpful. So, Adrian, any last words here? Yeah, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, remember, keep things in perspective. Um, you know, this is a difficult time, but you have everything in you to, like, go through it, uh, to push it through and to, you know, be successful at the end. Um, remember, pace yourself, you know, have a strategy, organization. And also, and more importantly, um, you know, take care of yourself because you have yourself, right? So take care of yourself. Uh, of your needs, mental health very important. Pay attention to that, and uh, and practice. This is this is a lot of practice, uh, a lot of work. It's hard work, but you have the ability uh, to pass the exam. Uh, if I have to bet, I will bet on every single one of you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>